Hi, welcome to Lisa's Life. This is Lisa. To my returning listeners, thank you so much for being here for another episode. I appreciate you and thank you for sticking by me on this journey. To my new listeners, welcome. Thank you for taking the chance on this podcast. If this is your first episode, I invite you to please listen to some previous episodes so that you can understand why I started this podcast, my goal for this podcast, and why it means so much to me. To my returning listeners and my new listeners, welcome and thank you for being here. If you've not done so yet, please join me on Facebook. You can find me at Welcome to Lisa's Life Podcast. There is where our little community is there to support one another. So if we're going through a difficult time, you know you're not alone, that you have people that are here to support you. And if you need some some supportive words or you need to talk something out, we're here. You're not alone. You really are not alone. Also, I don't want it to just be all sadness because we all have wonderful things. We are all great people. Sometimes we just get lost. So I want us to be there to support each other on that Facebook page, but I want us to also celebrate each other on that page. I don't care how small the victory is. I don't care how large the victory is. If it's your birthday, if you just are feeling good, I want us to be able to celebrate each other. So we're there in our good times and we're there in our dark times that you're not alone and you are so worthy. I want you to know that. And that's what I want this community to be. So please, if you haven't done so, please join me on Facebook at Welcome to Lisa's Life Podcast. Today is February 14th, 2022. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I hope hope you've had a wonderful day. And since it is Valentine's Day, which is the day of love, and February is the month of love, I thought we would talk about the five love languages. Have you heard of the five love languages? If so, have you read the book? Have you taken the test? If you've taken the test, do you, what, do you agree with your results? If not, why? Has your partner taken the test? If so, do they agree with their results? Have you and your partner had discussions about each other's results so that you can understand each other a little bit more and maybe be able to show love in a way that they receive it better and they know that it's for real so they feel more comfortable and then if all goes well hopefully the relationship can go a little bit more smoothly if there's any areas of stress or struggle i would love to get your thoughts i would love to hear from you if you've read the book taken the test if your partner's taken the test if you've discussed it if you've implemented anything to help with the love languages i would love to hear your results i would love to hear how things went For me, I have taken the test. I have taken the test and I actually pretty much agree with my results. My ex, who we refer to as G, so I asked G to take the test while we were together and he absolutely refused. He told me, seriously, he used the words, it's mumbo jumbo and he kind of snickered and laughed and he refused to take the test. Now, that kind of bothered me because here's a man who who believes in aliens and other oddities that 
I'm not saying are weird, but aren't usually the norm. So he would, he would believe in kind of out there things, but he thinks the five love languages, that test and that information is mumbo jumbo. It hit me and it literally hit me this morning that I believe he wouldn't take the test and he snickered at it and called it mumbo jumbo because if he took the test, he might have to actually truly ask himself some questions and not lie. Because if you lie, you're going to get something completely different. You're going to get different results if you lie on a test. So you kind of have to sit and think about who you are, what you really feel, what you really want to be able to take the test. And for him, he was a narcissist. He is a narcissist. That would mean he would have to do some self-reflection. And if you know anything about narcissism, a true narcissist, not people with narcissistic traits, but true narcissists, they can't self-reflect. They don't know how to do that. So they can't answer those questions honestly. And they would have, and they would be doing it for themselves. They're not doing it to impress anybody else. They have to do it for themselves. And so they have to sit with themselves. And that's just not something that they're really capable of doing. And now I believe in my heart, now that I know more about narcissism, narcissistic abuse and such, now it hit me that that is most likely why he snickered and calls it mumbo jumbo and refused to even, even look at the test. At least with me. Again, I have no idea if he's ever taken the test, if he took it before I knew him or if he's taken it since we've been apart. I don't know. I don't care. All I know is when I asked him if he would take it, he absolutely refused. So I can't tell you what his love languages were, but I can tell you what mine are. And I've taken the test multiple times over many years because I want to see as I grew as a person, if my results would change. And I can tell you that my very top one never changed. My bottom two have flip-flopped here and there, but my top one never has changed. So here are my five love languages. Number one, words of affirmation. Number two, quality time. Three, physical touch. Four, acts of service. And five is receiving gifts. And for me, words of affirmation is very true. And I will read to you a little bit about each of them, what they say. So when, we, when I talk about it, you'll understand what it means because it doesn't necessarily mean exactly what it states. So words of affirmation. Actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. Hearing the words, I love you, are important. Hearing the reasons behind that love sends your spirit skyward. Insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten. You thrive on hearing kind and encouraging words that build you up. It's true. And here's the part that for me hits it on the head where it says, hearing the words, I love you, are important. Here's where it really hits the, hits the nail on the head for me. Hearing the reasons behind that love sends your spirits skyward. So for me, you can't just say it and I take it as face value. You say it and then I need to know for sure what it is because 
I'm a firm believer in the words, I'm sorry. Those are just words until the behavior behind the reason for that I'm sorry changes. Those are just meaningless words. So for me, and words of affirmation, when you're going to tell me something positive, I do need to know the reasons behind it. I need to know what action is behind that. I hope that makes sense. But otherwise, to me, they're just words. That's my feeling and how I receive it. But words of affirmation are, are very true. Um, same with insults. I've been insulted more times than I can think of, and it's usually about my looks. So that hurts, and it does stick with me. I've gotten over it. I have not fully gotten over what G did to me. So that is still a struggle for me, but I will fight it every single day because he doesn't get to win. I get my life back and I can be happy and I can look in the mirror and know that I am not some worthless, ugly woman. So, but that's hard. It's been very hard for me. So words of affirmation, that's a little bit about what that means and what, if that's your number one, that's probably the same thing you got. Hope that made sense. I went off track a little bit and I'm so sorry. Quality time. In quality time, nothing says I love you like full undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical, but really being there with the TV off, fork and knife down and all chores and tasks on standby makes you feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed activities, or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful. Whether it's spending uninterrupted time talking with someone else or doing activities together, you deepen your connection with others through sharing time. I like that. Sounds pretty good to me as well. And I definitely see me in this as well. So I understand why this is my number two. For me and my number two, it is important that when I'm with someone, we have that undivided attention. But sometimes I'm okay with we're, we're together, but yet we have other things going on because there's that, that feeling between us that I know, I know I'm going off again, but I have also been with quality time with G. He would make plans and not show up. There were numerous times he would make plans with me to take me to lunch the next day and he wouldn't show up. And then I would call him or text him and he would just get mad at me because I don't know why, because he was the one who made the plans that hurt me so much because it was like, I was not important enough to, to follow through. All right. That's just another example. Getting off topic again. Let's continue. All right. Physical touch. A person whose primary language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back, and thoughtful touches on the arm, they can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Appropriate and timely touches communicate warmth, safety, and love to you. So for me, I'm going to be honest, I'm surprised physical touch isn't my number two. So though I agree with this, with my results, pretty, you know, for the most part, I, I'm not really sure how I scored physical touch as number three. 
because for me, I'm, I'm a very touchy person. I love to give hugs. I do pat on the back. I will, you know, pat you on the arm. I, I am a touchy person. I like, I, I do that. Not in a, not in a skeevy way, but in a positive, happy, loving way. But physical touch, not having it can be dire because if for, for my returning listeners, if you will know the relationship I have with G, he barely touched me, barely touched me in three years. And that was very difficult. At first I understood and I went, you know, I, I, I let it go. It was okay. You know, I, he was going through some stuff and all that. But as the months went by and then the years went by and there was that no physical touch and the physical touch that I did get was few and far between. It made me feel so unworthy. It made me feel like I was disgusting, like I was a pariah, that I was unattractive, that I was undesirable. It really did affect me. Uh, that's what I still struggle with. I'm, I'm 80% healed, I would say, but that's where I still struggle a little bit. And I think that's where it comes into, you know, many other things. But that's why sometimes I question, really, physical touch is number three and not number two. Regardless, I still pretty much agree with all my results. So anyway, that is physical touch. Now, let's see, we've got acts of service. Can helping with homework really be an expression of love? Absolutely. Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an acts of service person will speak volumes. The words he or she most wants to hear, let me do that for you. Laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for, th for them tell speakers of this language their feelings don't matter. When others serve you out of love and not obligation, you truly feel, excuse me, you feel truly valued and loved. And it's true. This one is not as big for me, but I understand where it comes from. And I, I know people that they're in relationships and it's simple as one of them doing the dishes without being asked or saying, hey, you know what? You did the dishes two nights ago or you know, for the past two days, I'm gonna do dishes tonight. It's something simple like that. And I do know people that have done that. I know people that it is taking their vehicles to get the maintenance done. And that means so much to the receiving person. So I do see how these acts of service can definitely affect a relationship because if one person's doing it all and the other person doesn't really do anything, I can see how maybe one person might feel they're being taken advantage of or whatnot, but acts of service is my number four. So for me, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but I do know some people, their acts of service are really high and this plays a huge effect. I've seen it with people. So my last one, receiving gifts. Don't mistake this love language for materialism. The receiver of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and efforts behind the gift. If you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. A missed birthday or a hasty, thoughtless gift would be disastrous. So would the absence of everyday gestures. Gifts are heartfelt symbols to you of someone else's love and affection for you. I think this is a great one as well. I'm, I love giving gifts. I feel awkward receiving gifts, but I still enjoy them. 
Now, my idea of a gift, though, may be different than someone else's. I have told people before, I've told G before, that the most precious thing for me is not even money that is spent on me. If you would get a piece of paper and a crayon and draw me a picture and put, I love you, or you're special, or you make my heart beat fast, anything, if you drew me a picture, that would mean the world to me and I would never get rid of it because in my mind, that gift truly came from your heart. It doesn't have to be jewelry. It doesn't have to be flowers. I do like flowers. I love carnations. They're my absolute favorite flower. So if someone bought me carnations, I would be thrilled. And I've had people tell me carnations. I would never accept carnations. I would prefer carnations over roses. Unless someone wants to buy me blue roses. I've never had those. But I love carnations. So if someone took the time to buy me the flowers that I love the most, carnations, instead of what they think would impress people around me, that means more to me because they're thinking of me and what I like and what would make me happy. So carnations, something as simple as carnations, but honestly, a poem, a note, a picture that you drew for me, those for me are special, special gifts. And they mean so much. And I think we take those things for granted. I, that's why I wanted to take this test because I wanted to learn more about what it really means. I will, uh, I'm not going to go on. I could still go on. I could go, I could make different points about each one of these, which I have. And I know you don't want to hear that. You shouldn't have to hear that all the time because that's all I do. But that is what words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service and receiving gifts mean. So if you've taken the test, you've got your results. I would love to hear how they panned out for you and if any of it works for you. I appreciated it. And sometimes when I lose sight of what each of these actually mean, I do go back and revisit it because it makes sense to me. It makes sense in my brain and it makes sense in my heart. And going forward, just like with G, as much as I loved him and I loved him unconditionally, because I wasn't getting the same feelings back from him, I really did question if he knew how much I loved him. Now. Now that I know he's a narcissist and I was being used, he never loved me at all. It doesn't bother me as much, but when I was in it and didn't realize I was in a narcissistic relationship, that I was, it was, I was going through narcissistic, narcissistic abuse, I didn't know it when I was in it. So I questioned myself all the time on, am I not showing him I love him enough? Am I not telling him enough? Because I would buy him... I would be out and about at the store and I would see something that would remind me of him that I thought he would like or would mean something and I'd pick it up and I'd bring it home to him. I would tell him I loved him. I would, in the middle of the day, sometimes sometimes even in the middle of the night, it was put on my heart to, to text him something about what he meant to me or what I appreciated about him. I would do it. Because to me, that was important. It was important for me to do my best to make sure that he knew that he was loved and he was appreciated and there was someone there to support him. That was important for me. But when I wasn't getting the same in return, 
I did start questioning myself, which is why I wanted him to take the five love languages. And I even told him that. I said, what if I'm not showing you love in the way that you receive it best? And he didn't care. It was just all mumbo jumbo. Now it all makes sense as to why he never took it and that I was really putting way too much blame on myself because I can't change a narcissist. I cannot. Nothing was going to change him. Nothing was going to change the way he truly felt about me. Nothing was going to change that. I didn't know that then. I know that now. So that being said, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this? Do you agree with it? Do you think that we can all learn something about ourselves and our partners and our relationships if we take time to take the test and read the five love languages and try to incorporate things? What are your thoughts on this? Do you have any other thoughts or opinions? Do you have any other suggestions on tests or books that have helped you as an individual and helped you in your relationships. I would love to hear that as well. I'd love suggestions for other people that we can dive into so that we can be there to, to really figure out, you know, the biggest thing is making sure that we're healthy and that we can be healthy for someone else and hopefully our relationships can be healthy. So I would love your take on what you thought about the five love languages top to bottom. And I just think it's important and maybe I'm crazy. I could be, maybe this, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I did learn, I did learn some good things about myself while taking this test and while reading the book. So for me, that was a positive, definitely a positive. And that's what I want to be is a positive because regardless if I'm single or I'm in a relationship, I still want to understand myself. I want to try to better myself however I can so I'm healthy for me and I'm healthy for those around me and I'm healthy for a relationship should I choose to get into one. And I'd love your thoughts. Now one thing I didn't realize about the love languages because I've always been so focused on the original five love languages and I forgot to tell you it's by Gary Chapman. So I should have told you that in the beginning but it's the five love languages by Gary Chapman. Now you can go to their website and when I went to their website to take the test again, wow, was I surprised to see that there is so much more added that I didn't know about. I knew about the five love languages, the original, and then I knew about the five love languages of teenagers. I knew about that one as well. But then I look and there is so many more books in the five love languages series. I didn't realize there was a series there. So I think if you go to this website, maybe you can even find more information for yourselves that might help you understand yourself better, understand your partner better, understand the workplace better because there's one that's the five love languages in the workplace. I had no idea. So I think if you go to the fivelovelanguages.com website, I do think that there might be a plethora of opportunity for you for many scenarios in your life, in my life. I would love your take on that as well if you check it out and if, or if you've had any of these other books. I had, like I said, I had no idea that these existed until I went back to take my test again, which the last test I took was in January. So I would love to know if you have had, if any of you have had experience in the other love language series, any of those books and how it works and what your, 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 your thoughts and recommendations are there, or I should say your review. Sorry, I'm starting to get tongue-tied because I'm talking fast. 
so I definitely definitely there is so so many different things on this website that I didn't know about and I might have to dive into it and and get some more more books for myself so that uh, I can continue to get better and more healthy and understand myself a little bit better by question by, by asking myself questions that maybe I haven't asked yet to find out more about me so if you get the chance please go check this out I'll link it in to uh, the post I'm gonna put on with this as well but it's the five love languages.com the five love languages is by Gary Chapman I did read off of his website so if you go there and you take the test and you get your results that's what you're gonna be able to read is those results is what I read to you is what my results were but yeah I'm really interested in your thoughts on this whole process I'm I'm interested on your thoughts of all the five love languages there are so many books that I didn't know about I honestly didn't how I didn't know about these I don't know I don't know but now I want to read a lot more. I want to buy a lot more of these books so I can <laughs> I can heal more, understand myself more. All right, I'm repeating myself now. All right, with that said and done, I don't want to keep you any longer because I've rambled enough. But that's really what I wanted to talk about is the five love languages. It's Valentine's Day. It's the day of love, month of love. So let's start off with the five love languages and how we as individuals can learn how we receive love better and in turn hopefully you know how our partner receives love better and the people around us receive love better so that we can in a very positive and healthy fashion start receiving our love and giving our giving the love the best way possible for us to be healthy happy our relationships to be healthy and happy I think this is a good stepping stone. Will it fix everything? No, I don't think it's going to fix everything. But I do think it's a great stepping stone. It's a great start. So that is my thoughts on the five love languages. You now know my love languages. You know that I still like to ramble. Nothing's changed from episode one. <laughs> but I would love your thoughts. I would love your take on this. So please, if you want to, Comment on the post I provide on Facebook, but if you are still too vulnerable to put it out there, DM me. I would love to have your DM. I would love to be able to interact with you that way. And if you want to share some information, but you still don't want your name on that Facebook page, fine. DM me and I will repost it as anonymous. But I would love your thoughts. I would love your take on it, good or bad. If you've tried it, if you haven't tried it, if anything's worked, any other suggestions, any other recommendations, anything else you would like me to dive into and review, please let me know. But I thought today would be a great day, and I thought the five love languages would be, you know, the perfect start to this, this day to get us started on love and healing and understanding ourselves and what that means, what, what, how we receive love, how that really means and affects us. I hope that made sense. I'm kind of, you know, I've got a few things going on in my brain right now. So with that, I hope to see you on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've had a wonderful, wonderful day. Remember, you are worthy. You are valued. You are needed. You are loved. And you are not alone. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And I hope you find the five love languages beneficial.